Fun Factory.com has partnered with Locker Room Talk and Shots. So when you use my special code, SELS20, you get 20% off your Fun Factory purchase. Just head to us.funfactory.com and use my code, SELS20, at checkout for 20% off sex toys, lube, massage oils, and more. Cheers. <laughs> Do the sex. Hi, this is Annette Benedetti, your hostess for Locker Room Talk and Shots, the podcast that likes to think of itself as the queer NPR of raunchy women's sex talk. You are about to sit in on the kind of conversations women have on their girls' nights out or behind closed doors while enjoying delicious drinks and dishing about sex. Think fun, honest, and feminist as fuck, and always with the goal of fighting the patriarchy one orgasm at a time. Welcome to the locker room. <laughs> Ring loop. Today's locker room talk and shots topic is age play from daddy and mommy doms to little girls and everything in between. What the fuck are littles and age play all about? Uh, I'm excited about this topic. I mean, I'm usually excited about all the topics, but this one is really uh, personally interesting to me because as I've shared with my listeners, like I may throw out a daddy with my partner here and there and often, uh, but uh, definitely in a different way than what we're going to talk about today. And I, I think a lot of people actually use the term daddy and mommy and in their own dynamic without and, and, and then tiptoe around this this role playing age play littles uh, doms. Uh, stuff because they don't understand it. There's fear that it's weird or dirty or means something bad. And fortunately, I have brought someone here to clear it all up for us. Uh, she has all the answers, <laughs> or at least a good amount of them. And she is a returning guest. Uh, if you haven't listened to my podcast on spank therapy, first of all, what are you doing with your free time? Because that one was great and very helpful in my life. Um, we have with us Miss Chris, internationally recognized disciplinarian. She's a toy maker, a life coach, and an educator and mentor in the spanking arts and now age play. And while I was interviewing her for uh, the Spank Therapy podcast, uh, she had shared with me that she in her own life has a mommy dom little girl uh, relationship. And so she offered to address this topic with me, which is exciting because I had been looking for someone to do that. So I felt very lucky uh, that I have found someone who is, you know, so knowledgeable and professional and really can give us the answers you know you want. So, Miss Chris, will you just, re for people who haven't listened to that podcast, can you reintroduce yourself? Sure. My name, my C name is Miss Chris. Uh, anybody can call me Chris, uh, except for my bottoms in session. Uh, but I, I will respond to both. Um, I am a professional disciplinarian, which means I discipline and punish for a living. Uh, as part of my job duties, I do a tremendous amount of role play in my sessions. And one of the types of role play that I focus on and that a, a goodly many of my clients want to experience is age play. Um, age play is a type of role play in which one assumes the age of somebody younger 
perhaps sometimes somebody might actually want to assume the age of somebody older as well. We call that elder play. And, um, uh, but we're not going to focus on elder play today. We're going to focus on uh, age play, focusing on the myriad uh, number of roles within the age play community. Uh, I myself am something called a mommy dommy. Uh, that is a mom dom or uh, a, uh, a dominant maternal figure. Um, when I do age play, uh, I usually stay my own age. Um, occasionally, I might want to be a grandmother as opposed to a mother. Uh, you can think of some of the reasons why somebody might want to be a grandmother as opposed to a mother. Uh, grandmothers are very spoiling, for instance. Um, mothers tend to uh, raise their children with discipline and with love. And those are the two tenants. Uh, that age play is based on is uh, disciplining out of love and nurturing. Yeah. So, well, there's the basis of what we're heading into. Um, so let's just get into it, uh, Miss Chris. Uh, we are going to give you kind of an overview of what age play is. And then we're, I, I think we're going to, it's a lot, folks. I started researching and I was like, what did I sign myself up for? Uh, and then, but we are going to, uh, kind of delve into specifically kind of more the the daddy, mommy, dom, and little uh, discussion. I'm having coffee today. Cheers. Let's start talking about some age play. All right. So I'm kind of going to hand the discussion over to you. And of course, I have questions for you along the way. But I think maybe, again, just starting with the overarching discussion of what is age play? What all does it encompass? And then we will drill down into kind of our specific angle. Okay. So age play, we use the term age play to uh, refer to any kind of play in which somebody age regresses or takes on a role that is younger than them. Um, In particular, uh, it is a type of BDSM play uh, that is basically focused on all the yummy feel goods that we might have in a perfect childhood. Uh, the nurturing, the love, yes, the control, yes, the guidance, uh, yes, the discipline, and sometimes even punishment when somebody does something wrong. But basically, we're ta- we're we're taking uh, we're we're using the terms dominant and submissive. And we're using, we're in place of those, we're using the term mommy, dommy, and little girl. Uh, just two different terms to mean basically the same thing. The, the people on the S side of the slash, of the DS slash, the dominance and submissive slash. And and can I really quickly ask to ver- verify as we move into this conversation, is this dynamic always sexual? Is sex play always present? What are the options there? Absolutely not. Uh, sex is not expected in this type of play. Um, it is uh, sometimes some people include sex. We, we include, we, we call that dark age play. 
But age play, first and foremost, is non-sexual. There are people, again, who choose to move into the sexual realm with this. But for the most part, this is a non-sexual type of BDSM play. Oh, interesting. All right. With that said, would you say that the dark age play, because I do think that happens quite a bit where sex is brought into it, (laughs) is that a healthy thing, an unhealthy thing? Or how would you, because I think that's a question in a lot of people's mind. Is it fucked up if I want to do this? What's your thought? Right. Okay. So fundamentally, we are talking about two grown adults who are interested in taking on different roles. Now, you might be familiar with some role play in the bedroom, uh, the French maid and the master of the house, or uh, some uh, I- interesting types of, of role plays that we like to incorporate our fantasies with. Uh, dark age play is the addition of darker themes within the age play category. So we've got the BDSM umbrella. And under the BDSM umbrella, there's all these kinks and interests and fetishes. Under the BDSM umbrella, we have age play. Age play is a type of role play. Um, And fundamentally, we are not uh, uh, talking about actually playing with children. Nowhere in this equation do we ever actually play with children. Uh, I want to make that very, very clear. We are two grown adults choosing consensually to engage in a form of fantasy play that may or may not include sex. Okay, right. And so what is the difference between, let's say, uh, in my uh, sexual relationship where I wouldn't say age age play really is happening at all, but maybe I call my partner daddy or mommy sometimes instead of sir or uh, the different, you see what I'm saying? The difference mm-hmm. between that, calling your partner daddy, mommy, sir, what there are different master, different BDSM names mm-hmm. versus when someone's calling their partner daddy and now we're into age play, where is that? Is there a clear line? Is it a blurry line? What are your thoughts on that? It's a relatively blurry line. I know some people who, um, who describe themselves in various ways. Uh, they might describe themselves as a sadist, in which case we know that that person likes to inflict pain. Okay. We might hear the term top be thrown around. Um, Top is a purely physical uh, uh, role that somebody on the dominant side takes uh, when they just want to be the top. We're not talking about any control, any emotion, or anything like that. Um, The term master kind of goes with the term slave. And again, we're talking about a different subset of people here. All these definitions uh, have slight variations when it comes to intent. When we come to a term like mommy dommy or daddy dom, we we see the dom in, in both terms, mommy dommy, daddy dom. We look at the dom and we say in our heads, dominant. Okay, 
This is the dominant person. This is the one in control. This is the one doing. Okay. The opposite side of that daddy dom is little girl or girl. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mommy dommy can be little boy, little girl. Uh, For the purpose of this, uh, this conversation, we will focus on girls here. Um, uh, But it's a dominant who takes on the role of a mother. Now, a dominant who does not take on the role of a mother might not exhibit or express maternal feelings. They might not express nurturing feelings. They might not express uh, child rearing. All of these are different sort of flavors to the mommy dommy dynamic. Right. That makes sense. Sort of. Yes, yes. Uh, It does make sense quite a bit. And so why would people want to engage in this specific dynamic, the mommy dom, daddy dom, Mm -hmm. little girl, little boy? What what brings people to have an interest in that dynamic? Right. Well, let's ask ourselves first what brings people into the BDSM realm. BDSM, bondage, discipline, sadism, masochism. What brings people into the lifestyle? Well, it's a desire to give up control. It's a desire to live in a fantasy world where you create your own rules. It is a place where you can freely submit and not have to worry about being subjugated. Submitting freely, consensually. So people play, we use the term play uh, to mean the activities that somebody in the BDSM world does. So people will play with spanking. People will play with whips. People will play with rope. And in this case, we are playing with age. And we're literally playing with the, the, the parameters of somebody who might be younger. Right, right. And so what would bring people to that would just be whatever their need is within whether wanting to relinquish control or take control and how that makes them feel. Specifically, the age play community takes all the good stuff that you get from from dominating uh, and you add that maternal or nurturing component to it. So. I like to ask people, do you like being taken care of? If the answer is yes, uh, how do you like being taken care of? Um, That question will tell you about what age you identify with. Um, Let's say that you're a a college age kid, which is younger than your biological age, because that is age play as well, because remember, we're playing with any roles that are younger or age regression from, from your chronological age. So we look back uh, at your chronological age at different points in your childhood. What are your needs as a child when you're 15? Well, you might need someone to provide you the food, the shelter, the rules, okay? 
And you might need somebody to then discipline you should you not be doing what you were supposed to be doing as as that kid. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the things that happen during these kinds of scenes? Um, I want to start with scenes and then move into more of, okay, now this, when this expands into a relationship, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. But let's start with a scene. And for listeners who are new to this, a scene is a, an agreed upon set of time, maybe an hour, two hours, where two people come together uh, with a plan for what their play, sexual interaction, or otherwise is going to entail. Feel free. My definition is I'm surely not as good as one that you could give. But I would like to start there with what happens in age play during a scene with someone else. Okay. So let's take a, let's take an example. And let's, uh, I have got a 24 by 7, 365 uh, relationship, mommy-dommy relationship with my wife. Um, Her name is Jenny. And uh, we started doing age play very, very organically way, way back around 15 years ago when we, when we first met. Um, And our scenes uh, would involve the following. Um, She tended to identify most with around the age of eight Uh, in her head. She wanted, uh, she wanted a a mommy who would take care of her, who would love her, who would read her stories, who would play dolls with her, who would make her favorite foods for her, tuck her into bed and yes, spank her when she's misbehaved. So this might be a typical scene for us. Um, And as mommy Dommy, I'm the one in control. And I treat her like she's eight years old. Um, We have a non-sexual age play relationship. So sex doesn't ever come into our scene play. Um, So what we mostly focus on is Little's activities that we can do together. Age-appropriate Little's activities. So again, story time. uh, We play a lot of games. We watch a lot of kids' movies. Um, We do a lot of Disney. We do Build-A-Bear. We will uh, basically do just regular activities as if she were an eight-year-old. For her, it's a real mental vacation. Being able to express your inner child. Being able to tap into your inner child is amazingly stress releasing. Not having to worry about your daily life, your daily struggles, having to take that mental vacation where you're all you have to do is worry about being an eight year old. You don't have to worry about any of the adult things that's got you bothered. It is literally a mental vacation. It's like reading a book. Uh, You've got, you create these characters in your head and you follow the characters on a storyline. In this scene, we create our own characters. Her character happens to be eight. My character happens to be mom. 
And we just pretend as if we're mommy and daughter. And what do you get out of it as a mommy dom or would a daddy dom get out of it out of curiosity? Right, right. Well, me personally, I don't have any biological children. Um, That was a choice that I made a long time ago, and I've had to be okay with that. Uh, But there is something missing. I, I have identified that there is an experience missing in my life, that of having a child. However, I have got lots of littles and I can parent them. I can rear them in the space of our scenes, in the space of our dynamic. So that sort of tickles the mommy gene in me. And it makes me feel like I'm helping somebody grow and evolve. We'll be right back. My code SELS20 is your key to kicking off the sexiest new year ever had when you use it at funfactory.com. Enjoy 20% off Fun Factory's luxury products, including vibrators, cock rings, lube, and more when you use my code SELS20. Check out the Vim vibrating wand. Yes, the one featured on this podcast thumbnail. Grab the nose vibrating cock ring and experience more simultaneous orgasms in 2024. And don't forget to check out their rabbit style vibes. I'm talking about the lady by for toe curling blended O's all year long. Just fill your cart and use code SELS20 at checkout and enjoy 20% off when you shop funfactory.com. Cheers. And do you have littles that want the sexual uh, part of it as well? Um, I'm sure I have Little's clients who would like a more sexual session. Um, I do not offer any sexual services in my, in, in my list of services that I offer. Uh, so that's not really on the table. Um, as far as my personal submissives are concerned, none of my personal submissives are sexual. Right. At least they're not with me. Um, but if I were to, um, be a sexual age player, a dark age player, um, I, I wouldn't have any problems incorporating that because again, we're two grown adults. We are both consenting adults and we're just choosing to play pretend. Right. I guess that's kind of. For people who have that curiosity, either interest in that or people who are mortified by it and think it means something bad, I'm, I'm trying to come back to clarifying that. Even right, for myself right. in my, my own brain, I think what I have learned in my own journey with this podcast, uh, BDSM World, uh, my own fetishes, uh, it is a journey in your brain to understand things like this or any of it, you know, sure. any of it sure. and unlocking a lot of conditioning. Um, so I guess that's why I keep coming back to that. What if, okay. this, because I do think so, for a lot of people, it includes sex or some right. sexual touch. Right. So let's, let's, let's talk about the elephant in the room here. Yeah. Um, people who hear about this kind of play 
think it's got to do with pedophilia. Mm -hmm. And that is, could not be further from the truth. Or maybe what they fear is that it's, uh, that the person who wants to do that is, is feeding some, a pedophilia type right. need. Okay. Let's let's think about what a pedophilia actually is. So a pedophilia is somebody who is a sexually attracted to children, actual children. That's what a pedophile is. A pedophile tends to not be attracted to grown adults. They're attracted to children. That's why they're pedophiles. So two grown adults playing with age is not a forerunner to pedophilia. It doesn't mean that you secretly want to be with children. There's a very clear definition. Pedophiles are attracted sexually to children. We are not children. We are not, we are, are, we are grown adult acting like children. And there's a huge difference between that. Right. Let me, Absolutely. That, that does, that does make sense because mm-hmm. most often the people who are playing at this, I mean, don't even look remotely like children, not at all. Right. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Um, not childlike at all. Um, I also liken this to, um, actors. Pretend you're an actor and you got a role that you played a pedophile. Would acting as a pedophile make you a pedophile? Yeah, no. No. I mean, and the, that- actor, the actor who plays a pedophile does not absorb any of the pedophile traits. It is literally a role, a make-believe role that they are playing in the actor's instance to get paid. But in our instance, it's to have fun. We're just taking on a role just like an actor. Right. And and I think very little difference. I think if you also think about and it seems interestingly enough more well accepted is uh i think they call it uh, and you might know the name for this a little bit better the uh, consensual non-consensual sex so people who want exactly. to act out being forced and this is or exactly. some people even just call it primal which is you know but no primal is totally different oh, um yeah. primal is different than consensual non-consent consensual non-consent is basically You're taking on a role, again, with the taking on a role, you're taking on a role of a non-consenting partner. Right. Okay. So again, we're talking about roles here. We're talking about acting. Right. And, and so I think if, and I think, I do think the whole non-consensual role play being forced, wanting to be kind of forced or like severely forced, uh, or sexually assaulted in some way is pretty common in a lot. Very even, even in the vanilla world, people play with that uh, and, seem, and seem to be able to um, accept it and, and not be freaked out by it. So if you can just exactly. take that perspective and move it to now, 
uh, people wanting this different type of role play and um, and realizing that doesn't mean at all that in the real world they want Mm-mm. the same thing. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, you know, I, 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 I always go back to it's a role. It's make believe. It's pretend. Uh, does me role playing me being an alien, does that make me an alien? No, of course not. Um, and it's, again, it's taking on a role. Um, now why, why might we want to take on that role? Why might we want to be forced to do something? That's a big, interesting question. It comes up very frequently in, in, because I'm I'm a professional spanker. Spanking is a form of consensual non-consent because you are consenting beforehand to going through an experience that looks non-consensual. Right. Right. And, and I think then I guess the next question would be is, um, and, and again, let's go back to the fact that age play doesn't always include sex, which I, I guess I had before we got into this conversation, I hadn't wrapped my mind around that totally uh, because I've seen it most, I guess, mostly in that vein. Uh, but for people that do want it to include sex, then people would be like, well, but why would someone desire to take on the role of a, a daddy who would sexually play with his daughter in mm-hmm. said case. So right. thoughts right. on that. Taboo. The term taboo is applied to anything that we as a society doesn't deem right. Um, and things that are taboo also, also called dark. Um, taboo themes are very popular, um, for storytellers. Uh, and there's a whole section of BDSM play revolving around taboo themes and taboo elements. Um, why do people like horror films so much? I love horror films. (laughs) I am a horror movie buff. Why do you like something that horrifies you? Yeah, uh, that is a good question. I've been asked that a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's something, yeah, I don't know. I yeah. like the scary. Why do people rubberneck? Why do people rubberneck? They, they, they can't look away. It's so horrible, they can't look away. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we need permission to look. Yeah, what an interesting thought. We need... We need permission to experience some of the darker themes in life, because if we were normal, nobody would want to. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think also, you know, know, when we're young, we do. So and something that people don't want to talk about, but is, I mean, common knowledge and uh, taught in uh, psychology of aging and stuff like that is we're sensual creatures from the time we're born and we begin to experience sexual pleasure from a very young age right and mm-hmm. and then we're shamed for it 
exactly. And, and so, and it is, our youth is a very sensual time and our bodies are waking up and really can, feeling the sensations and we're not allowed to and we're shamed for it. So it would make sense to me as well that people would want to like recapture that. Exactly. You know, a younger time is a time of innocence and purity. Um, and uh, uh, some people want to retry and recapture that sense of innocence and purity and the sense that they're going and learning about their bodies for the very first time. Yeah, I guess when I, I think back to it, like it, it it was a time of innocence and purity and that things, the sensual things that I would feel in my body were exciting and colorful and um, and didn't have all the shame and crap and, and weirdness that would very quickly be uh, placed upon it. Then, of course, leading to years of me trying to undo that so I could reaccess exactly. pleasure. Oftentimes, I've wondered why uh, when I was younger, uh, my body would like, you know, obviously a lot of kids touch themselves and um, mm -hmm. masturbate. And I was certainly no different. Um, and it was very easy for me to feel pleasure. And then by the time I was, quote, allowed to have sex in my, you know, late teens and 20s, I couldn't access that pleasure anymore. My body had kind of shut down. Yeah. So I guess because I societally, we've been we've been told that our bodies are dirty and sex is dirty and, and pleasure is 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 dirty. And again, we go back to our dark themes. This is why we like to play with darkness. This is why we like to play with uh, these themes that are, are, quote, abnormal or not normal. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That and going back to a, a period of childhood, but back before uh, we were so loaded up with baggage as an adult, you know, you could, you could experience pleasure so much more simply and so much more authentically. Right. Well, so now is when I want to move into the takeaway section of this podcast. Um, so for people who tuned in, because not just because they're like, what the fuck is this about? And I think it's a bad thing, but people who are like, oh, I'm kind of playing with it in my head and I'd like to start experimenting. Can we talk about how you could start dipping your toe in the water without it being too scary or, you know, making you feel weird about yourself. What are some of those first steps towards initiating that within your own relationship? We'll be right back. Start the new year off with a bang. My code explores 15 gets you 15% off womanizer.com's famous pleasure air tech sex toys. You know, the clit satisfying sucking sensation that guarantees explosive orgasms. Just go to womanizer.com and check out my personal favorite, the Womanizer Duo 2. Get ready for blended orgasms or the premium two. Womanizer.com has something for you, whether you are seeking clitastic satisfaction, blended orgasms, or explosive G-spot experiences. Just shop womanizer.com and use my code EXPLORES15 at checkout for 15% off. That's 15% off all womanizer.com products with my code EXPLORES15 at checkout. Cheers. Well, the first thing that you have to do is converse about it. 
you've got to have a conversation that, that, you know, these are some of the things that I want to move into. Um, Once you're both on the same page that, hey, you know, this might be something that we want to try. um, I would definitely start with a small scene. Um, You don't have to know anything. You don't have to be any approximate age or anything like that. Uh, uh, I would encourage people to, to, to do a little storytelling. Take on a character. Take on a daddy dom. Take on a mommy dommy. And just talk a scene out with the little. You'll find out a lot more information about what they're after. And you can tailor their age play to uh, according to their age, age-ish, their expressed age. So figuring out the age first might be important, would you yeah, say? I would, absolutely. Um, uh, people ask me, how do, how do they figure out their general age? And first of all, your, your, your non-chronological age can change at any time. You can wake up feeling five, the next day you wake up feeling 12. It's not a static thing. Um, but some people do settle into an age range. And usually it's based on activity. What activities do you really like doing? So if, let's say, you wanted to um, get more involved in age play with your partner, um, I would have a discussion about roles and I would have a discussion about activities. Um, is there something that you really loved to do when you were a kid? I would start there. Do some people go, and so I'm wondering if this is a different kink or if it's in the same umbrella of age play. I've seen things uh, that include like diaper play and stuff like that. Do some people go to that place? Absolutely. Uh, age play includes everybody from birth, uh, all the way up to as old as you want to play. Um, and there is a subset of age players called ABDLs, and that stands for adult baby diaper lovers. And that is a subset. That's a, again, we've got the, uh, the BDSM umbrella, and then we've got a niche over here for age play within age play. You've got a lot of different, a lot of different subsets within that. Um, so we're talking about ABDLs and, uh, something that a lot of people, squicks a lot of people out, um, is pretending to be a baby infantilism. Um, And you have to understand what a dynamic, a a mommy-dommy infant dynamic might look like. Uh, It's going to be a lot of diapers. It's going to be a lot of changing. It's going to be a a, a lot of nurturing, a lot of love, not a lot of language. Um, The the, the age player um, doesn't have to speak, doesn't have to do anything. Mommy dotes on him all day long. Mommy feeds him, changes him, puts him down from naps. Uh, all he has to do is be a baby. Oh, it's like almost so, like the ultimate like break from adulting. Reality, exactly. The ultimate break from reality. Why? What? Why would you want to be a baby? Well, having somebody dote on you hand and foot, give you whatever you wanted, whenever you wanted it. That sounds pretty good to me. Um, 
I don't, I don't even have to worry about my bodily functions. Mommy takes care of that for me. So it's a, it's a very, very, you, you are relinquishing all of your control. You're relinquishing control of your language. You're relinquishing control of your body. You're definitely relinquishing control of your mind because babies don't really think. They just react. Right. Somebody who was denied love, denied affection, somebody who was um, um, somebody who wasn't parented very well, somebody who didn't have any discipline growing up, had no boundaries. These types of people might really, really love the feeling of it, of being, of what being a baby is all alike. And of course, for people like me, mommy dommies, who, who, who never raised a child on my own, taking care of a baby is very sweet. It's a very sweet and nurturing form of play that just makes me feel good. Right. Um, does age play also under this umbrella? Is there sibling play? Absolutely. Absolutely. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a parental figure. An uh, age play scene could be two siblings, one older than the other. Um, it could be, um, yeah, uh, uh, believe it or not, I, I like to uh, change things up quite a bit. And I've actually known some age players who were the toppy types of their dynamics. And the mommy dommies and the daddy doms were the submissives. How would a scene like that work? Tell me. Okay. So let's say that you have a really bratty, spoiled, rotten child and a parent who is willing to give in to that child at any time. That child can throw a temper tantrum and they are in control of the parents. Interesting. So you're taking a traditional role because typically parents are in charge of their kids. And you're basically saying, no, today's day and age, it's more like the other way around. The kids are in charge. Yeah, that's interesting. (laughs) Okay, so you have talked to your partner and you have decided that you want to dip your toe in the water, that you notice you get excited at the idea, whether mm-hmm. while listening to this podcast or you stumble across like uh, porn or or even just documentaries on it, because I've obviously done that. And you think, oh, I kind of got excited by that. You s- try and figure out your age. And I think mm-hmm. it's important to note, listener, that Miss Chris did say that age can fluctuate. So you don't Absolutely. have to like commit to an age. You don't have to commit to anything. Nothing. And you need props, right? Absolutely. Props are great. Uh, I recommend props for any kind of role play uh, that you do, especially age play. Um, the props help put you into the headspace. So um, 
I have got some outfits that I call my mommy outfits. Whenever I get into one of my mommy outfits, I feel like mommy. And um, the accoutrements, let, let's say that I've got a baby of a client. So it, it would be important to have maybe diapers, maybe a pacifier, maybe um, a, a set of, uh, of children's plateware or dishes and cutlery. Uh, I might want to have some baby food on hand. Um, baby powder, baby oil, you know, as much stuff as you can get that is true and authentic, the more real that scene is going to be for you. Right. And a lot of these things don't cost a lot of money. You don't need to put together an adult nursery. You don't, I mean, some people do, um, but a couple of well-placed items and you can buy those items just about anywhere. Um, Etsy and uh, Etsy is fantastic for age play clothes. Right. Clothes. And Amazon. Etsy have, and Amazon. Etsy and Amazon. It, yeah. Clothing, costuming makes sense to me. Uh, so can I ask you in your personal life, because you do have a full-time relationship that has this element to it. Do, do you have rooms in your specific rooms in your house uh, that are set up? No, I don't. Now, it, um, uh, my wife used to have a little princess room. So whenever we did age play, we would go into her little princess room and we would we would play there. Uh, but she has matured now. <laughs> She's got an adult room now. Uh, so we don't necessarily have a room in our house that's dedicated. No. Mm -mm. Can I ask, did she literally mature through the play, uh, and out of the room? No, not at all. Um, she, um, she, she had a rough childhood. Uh, she was a victim of, um, of domestic violence and child abuse um, and her parents were never very loving with her, were never very nurturing with her. And so when we started, it just sort of organically came about that she started calling me mama. Um, um, the longer we are age players, we have found the younger she actually gets in those age plays. So she started out about eight now she's about six. She seems to be getting younger and younger and younger as the time goes on. I think she's really settling into her age, though, and she knows uh, the activities that that age group does, and she really identifies with that. Do you think that this dynamic is more com common for people who have childhood trauma or were lacking uh, some sort of nurturing. We'll be right back. 
kick off the new year with a jaw-dropping 30% off of some of the hottest sex toys and my favorite, Gleam Lube, with code EXPLORERS30 when you shop thethruster.com. Known as the home of the incredible build-your-own thruster prime, thethruster.com is also partnered with lassiere.com, where you'll find gorgeous vibrating steel toys, and boutiquevoila.com, where you can grab a vibrating lipstick, a rubber ducky that gets lucky, or even get pounded by Thor's hammer, literally, all for 30% off with code EXPLORES30. Just head to thethruster.com where you'll find The Thruster, Lassier, and Boutique Voila and enjoy 30% off your site-wide purchases with code EXPLORES30 at checkout. Cheers. Um, that's really hard for me to say. I, I, I'm not a licensed therapist or counselor, doctor, or anything like that. Um, in my experience, though, in my experience, I get an awful lot of people who either were abused growing up or were ignored completely growing up. Um, I would say the people who were ignored growing up tend to be more enthusiastic about this kind of play, just like Jenny was. She was trying to recreate all the feel goods from childhood that she never got a chance to experience herself. So we have focused a lot on the little in this situation. And before we close out, I do want to talk also about I guess the big or the dom, the daddy and the mommy in this situation, because there are plenty of people who want that role and Mm -hmm. instigate it from that side. Mm -hmm. So can we talk about that role a little bit and different things or reasons that might bring a person to want that? Obviously you, you had a very specific reason, but I have a very specific reason because I, I, I like to feel the feel goods associated with child rearing that I I didn't get. Um, But this is a way to stay underneath the kinky umbrella and to do it based more out of love. Not that master slave, dominant, submissive, top, bottom, not that there's no love with those roles or those definitions, but there's a lot more love built in to a daddy dom or a mommy dommy role. You're right. not trying to subjugate somebody like a master slave might try and subjugate a slave. You're not inflicting pain like a sadist would on a masochist. You're not just spanking to spank like a top to a bottom. And um, the, the dominant is built into the role, the dominant part. So all of these various definitions, these different flavors of being a dominant, um, none of them are as heavy on the love and nurturing side as this one is. Okay, that's interesting. That makes sense to me that this role is more of a nurturer, a guider, a even the disciplinarian is about Mm -hmm. doing something that is the best for the other person. Um, And people might enjoy being able to do that with another person, especially someone who they're intimate with in their life. So, 
All right. Well, so from either side, if you are interested in this dynamic, it all starts like every other thing uh, that has to do with good sex with a conversation and agreement. And mm-hmm. I and it sounds like and it makes sense. You'd start with a small amount of time, maybe half hour or hour. Do you have an amount of yeah. time you would suggest someone setting a scene for? 15 minutes. Really? That's enough time. You, you can set a scene in 15 minutes. Sit down and read a story. By the time you get to the end of the story, you'll probably be somebody will probably be in Little's headspace. That's, you know, that's a great advice. So I will be honest with you. I have had nearly zero interest in true like role playing. People have wanted me to role play a lot. And I just feel really awkward uh, in that role playing space. Uh, I don't know what it is about it that just feels like I uh, feel awkward, but I had never thought to myself, oh, I could do 15 minutes of this, whatever the role would be. You would be shocked at how many times I've been asked to be a mommy dom type of uh, person throughout my dating life. Um but yeah, I mean, I guess, it, you know, it's like running, right? You don't st- go out and run six miles or a marathon. It's you not. start with going around the block. And if 15 minutes is too daunting, do it for five. It doesn't even have to be for 15. You can do little mini vignettes, little mini scenes. And it just gets your foot wet. You're just dipping your toe into the water. Read a story and... See how it makes you feel. Yeah, that's brilliant. Get a couple, get a couple accoutrements. I like that you call them that. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think, uh, you know, whenever you're going to get sexy with someone, uh, you uh, what you wear can really influence how oh. you feel in a sexual mm-hmm. situation. So, and this is even when there's not so. To be clear, even when there's not actual sex happening, it's considered a s- sexual situation. Am I right? Am I wrong? Age play is well, in the sense that that in the sense that BDSM is sexual. Okay, um, BDSM can be sexual or non-sexual, but most people get into BDSM for the sex. Right, right. And right. it it scratches an itch, even if you don't actually physically uh, do, do the sex, it scratches mm-hmm. an itch that is sensual, right? Or a part of that yes. sensuality inside of you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I think we've kind of explained it, guys. I feel like I've got a better understanding of what age play is specifically in the mommy, daddy, dom, little girl, little boy dynamic. I think that you did a wonderful job of explaining this is not pedophilia. It doesn't even come close to it. Doesn't even come close, guys. Doesn't even come close. Right. Even though someone might want to be in that mommy or daddy dom situation, they are that does not mean they are at all attracted children. Um no. but but I think also, I can see how someone might want to regress to certain ages and oh, have absolutely. that experience that, you know, I can wrap my, well, I can wrap my, at this point in my my podcast career, I can wrap my mind around a lot. But I think you did do a great uh, job of shedding some light on it. I think also you've got some great tips to 
if you want to give it a try and see what it's like uh, to starting it. And maybe if you're afraid to bring it up to your partner, start with this podcast. <laughs> Sit and listen Absolutely. to this podcast with them. You can shut it off right before this section and and discuss, <laughs> you know, hey, this sounds kind of funky and funny. Want to try it out, you know? Um. So is there anything you want to add before we wrap it up? Um, I don't think so. I think we, we got, we got most of the points. I'm kind of proud of this. I, I went into, I, before we started recording this, uh, podcast, I said to Miss Chris, I'm like, ah, this feels big. This feels really big. And there are a lot of, uh, different, you know, elements to age play and roles and stuff like that. But I feel like this was a great one-on-one. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for illuminating uh, me and my listeners. Uh, I think uh, this is, yeah, enlightening. And also could give my listeners some some new options to spice up their life. Give it a try. Uh, how can my listeners find you? Okay, uh, I am on Twitter. Um, I'm most active on Twitter. You can find me at Dominertrix. Uh, there on FetLife, uh, which is a kinky social networking website for BDSM enthusiasts. Uh, it's just Miss Chris, no space. Uh, and my website is misschris.com with an extra S, M-I-S-S-S-C-H-R-I-S.com. Uh, shoot me an email, uh, contact me through my website if you have any questions or if you need more information. And uh, I'll be happy to answer any questions for you. If you don't have questions, you are not listening. <laughs> uh, and of course, I will put all of Miss Chris's information in the notes of this podcast. You guys know where you can find me. I am on Facebook and Instagram. She explores life, locker room, talking shots. You can uh, find me on my personal Instagram at Being Benedetti. Uh, head over to TikTok please join me there. My account's pretty suppressed because of the stuff I like to talk about, but feel free to find me and talk to me there. It's a locker room talk podcast and you will find me here every week with awesome guests like Miss Chris. So thank you for joining me again. I love these conversations. Me too. Thanks for having me. And until next time, listeners, I will see you in the locker room. Cheers. <laughs> Ring loop. Bring sexy back in 2024 with hot lingerie, sensual body products, and adventurous sex toys from lovehoney.com, all at a 15% discount with code EXPLORES15. Embrace your inner bombshell with their gorgeous brawn panty sets, baby dolls, and corsets. Then explore your desires with their line of toys that range from vanilla is my flavor to tie me up and call me good girl daddy. And don't forget to treat yourself to a massage candle or essential body oil, all for 15% off with code EXPLORES15 when you shop lovehoney.com. That's right, 15% off on lingerie, sex toys, and more when you shop lovehoney.com and use code EXPLORES15 at checkout. Cheers.